You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. International success coach and noted author, Constance Arnold, delivers life-changing strategies through her own spiritual practices, as well as with best-selling authors and experts that she interviews. Think, Believe, and Manifest is specially designed to empower your mind and words to work for you and to bring about a life you've been dreaming of. And now, here's Constance Arnold. Welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. And of course, I am Constance Arnold, host of the Think, Believe, and Manifest talk show. And today I am broadcasting from uh, really hot to Atlanta, Georgia. I'm so thankful and grateful uh, that you have joined me today. And I can truly say with all of the faith that's on the inside of me that I believe that your life will never, ever, ever be the same again. Well, how are you doing today? Uh, I am doing really well and uh, really excited about my show. Uh, Today, we're going to have MD doctor, Dr. Roberto, is going to be talking about what the food is wrong with our health. And he's going to be talking about how can you actually take food to heal your body? Can your food be your medicine? And I say he is a rebel MD who decided to help his patients in a very different manner and has really produced really astonishing results. So I want you to stay tuned to listen to him. Visit me on social media on Instagram, LOA Constance. Facebook, Coach with Constance, Twitter, LOA Constance. And of course, you can visit my YouTube channel at Constance Arnold. And I'm going to strongly encourage you to go to my website, fulfillingyourpurpose.com, and just take a look at some of the products that I have designed specifically with, with you in mind. I Uh, I really want to produce materials that really help people. And I've written two books, Secrets of Success and Attracting Genuine Love. And I I love my Attracting Genuine Love for all of you folks who are in the process of really finding your soulmate. You know, some of the chapters that I have in the book are in the beginning, God. And I talk about how God is the great matchmaker, how to position yourself to manifest love, how to forgive and let go of your past. You can't really attract love in a unforgiving. You can, but it won't stay with you Uh, in a really unforgiving vibration. I give you the uh, prayer of forgiveness that you can write out. I talk about how your thoughts attract love. Um, how to manifest love just by loving yourself, the power of that. I give you a whole ton of love affirmations, how to call love in with your words and how the biggest secret is be happy now and you attract love. And then I specifically give you some inspired action steps. So check that out. And it's really a how to 
booklet that will really, really help you. I have MP3s. I have um, Attracting Love MP3. I love that. I listen to that all of the time. Prosperity, self-love, and I am. And so, you, you know, investing in yourself and in your own growth is really, really critical. And of course, all of you who would love to coach with me, go to my website, fulfillingyourpurpose.com and just look and listen to and read some of my coaching testimonies. It is so amazing. One of my clients in Murfreesboro, Miss Devaney, is graduating today. Another one of my clients has taken her final exam. She's a doctor now and she's about to become a pharmacist. So all kinds of good things are going on. I would love to partner with you to help just create just astounding success for you. You were created for it. So invest in yourself. So I'm going to give you a tip of the week. I like to give you something really juicy. But before I do that, if you haven't listened to my show with James Powers, where he talks about the ego. Wow, I'm getting so many emails around that. Make sure you go back and listen to that. He's going to be coming back on with part two to show us how we can really, uh, really let go of our a false self so that that real, true, authentic self, that real, true, authentic you can really just manifest. Okay, so this is my tip of the week. How do you move on after a challenging week or a challenging day? And I just wanted to be real and honest with you guys. You know, this week I had both personal and professional challenges. It it was a difficult week. Uh, It was a week in which I was hurt and disappointed by some things. I felt sad for a while. My emotions just went the, the entire gamut of the feeling scale. So can anybody relate to that? You know, because some people ask me, oh, Constance, you're always on top of things and you're always handling things and you're always so, so positive. And that's true. But the question is, what do you do when life comes at you in a really difficult challenging ways. I just want to share with you what I did this week and see if you can take some of the things that I shared to really help you. So what I realized was that after everything went down this week that I felt anxious. I wasn't really sleeping that well a couple of nights and I was just disappointed. I kept rolling that around in my mind over and over. So so whenever a lot of stuff just comes into your life at one time, this is the time that you're going to practice what you've learned. And And one thing that I knew was I was not going to stay in that state of consciousness Or in that state because I knew that whatever I continually focus in on, because folks, it's all about focus. It's focus and uh, when you focus in on sadness, disappointment, like I was and feeling hurt and all of that, it steals your joy, your time and your energy. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. So so I shook myself. I came to myself 
after a couple of days and I made a decision. So see, remember, everything begins with a decision. I made a decision. Nope, I will not allow these challenges to take from me to steal from me and to paralyze. I could have I could have been my old pitiful self. I told you I was the queen of pitiful decades ago, but I made a decision that I was not going to stay in that state. So I had a choice that I could begin to think and feel differently. And so these are some things that I decided to do intentionally and on purpose. And at first I didn't feel it. At first I I, I, I didn't want to necessarily. So this is what I this is what I did to shift. I wrote down all the great things that I'm that I can be grateful for. I got a ton of stuff. And I just kept writing and writing and writing. What did that do? Change my focus. I remembered all of the people. I went back and read all of the emails. Not all, but some of the emails recently that people had been sending to me about how I had, had been helping them from all over the world. I remembered that I was not alone and that the spirit was right here with me and was as close as my breath. You know, when I was feeling sad and disappointment, I forgot that. God said he's a present help in time of trouble or difficulty. So I was slowly changing my thinking. I remembered how God had always brought me through difficult times. I called to my remembrance just a couple of times when I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm going to make her through this. And I did. I intentionally watched some spiritual sermons. I listened to Joel Osteen. Anybody ever listened to Joel? If you've ever been down and feeling yucky, if you turn Joel on, <laughs> he'll get you going. I went on YouTube and listened to some to some motivational kinds of things. I listened to myself. What was I doing? I was reminding myself, shifting and changing my consciousness. I read The Power of Awareness by Neville. What was I doing? Changing my focus, reading. And I studied my Bible notes. And then I I began to proclaim and speak things over my life. I said, this too shall pass. That the favor of God is with me and goes before me and makes my way prosperous. And, and on and on and on and avalanches of abundance come to me under grace in perfect ways. So I proclaimed. So what do you do when life sends challenges your way? You make a decision. You change your focus. You become grateful. You begin to watch and listen to uh, motivational stuff, spiritual videos. You read. All of this is changing your focus. You begin to speak out or declare. And what happens? Your, your, your circumstances may not change, but you have. You've changed states and your consciousness has changed.
So I just want to share that very personal experience with you so that anybody who went through something last week or is going through something when you do hear this uh, show, that it will help you. But you have to make a decision. I'm completely out of that vibration now and in the vibration of love, expectancy, joy, peace, the favor of God, the wisdom of God, etc. And you can do the, the same. Okay, everybody, we're going to go to these quick commercials and then we're going to learn how to make our food, our medicine, and just live a very healthy lifestyle. So stay tuned, everybody. Do you have an upcoming event where you need a dynamic speaker? Constance Arnold is a sought-after keynote speaker that will enlighten the entire audience with proven strategies that are aligned with your organization's vision and mission. An experienced speaker for major Fortune 500 companies, Constance has entertained audiences with inspiring change. Constance would love to make your next event an extraordinary success. Contact her today at Constance at FulfillingYourPurpose.com. For the past 30 years, Constance Arnold has coached clients globally in the areas of relationships, wealth, and career. Her vast clinical background gives her extraordinary understanding of human behavior to accelerate manifestation. Every coaching client receives proven action plans to create change from the inside out. Constance will be right by your side. Talk to her today at Constance at FulfillingYourPurpose.com. Okay, everybody, I'm back and I'm really excited about my guest today. As all of you guys know, I don't know if I'm a health fanatic, but for the past 30 years, I've been taking herbs and researching and alternative medicine, walking, running, yoga. And so my very special guest today is Dr. Roberto Tostado, and he's been practicing medicine for over 26 years and is board certified in Regenerative and anti-aging medicine. He is a fellow of nutritional and digestive medicine from the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, and he's dedicating his whole practice exclusively to preventive and regenerative medicine. He is one of the new breed of doctors. I say he's gone rogue, pioneering an integrative approach to wellness, and he has a book out, and it's entitled "What the F." Okay, it's not what you think, folks. That's what the food is wrong with our health. And he is a rebel physician. And it is the book is like a manifesto for refer, reversing disease and increasing smiles. So, Doctor, welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Thank you so much, Constant. I always have joy uh, talking about these sorts of things to really hopefully help people inspire people and empower people, which has not been my experience when I was practicing traditional medicine. And that's why I did go rogue, as you say. I love it. <laughs> and, you know, and I, you know, I guess I, I'm a rebel by nature, but like I tell a lot of my patients, if healing people and empowering people is being a rebel, I'll take being a rebel any day. I know that's right. So, you know, uh, I'm laughing because I've been rehearsing your name all week. Pronounce your last name, doctor. Tostado. Tostado. I almost got it, but anyway. So, so I have no, you so, did well. 
did. I did. Well. Okay. So I, I want you to tell a little bit about your story, and then I have at least 20 questions that I want to ask you so that listeners can be blessed and transformed all over the world. So tell us a little bit, why did you move from a traditional medicine to what you're doing now? Share that story with listeners. Absolutely. Well, you know, I grew up in a poor community in East Los Angeles called Boyle Heights. And I just remember making many trips to the pharmacy with my mother and just seeing how people would take care of themselves and going to their you know, local clinics. And at some point, it must have influenced me because I, at an early age, I knew I was going to go into health. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was a good student and uh, ended up going to Columbia for my undergrad studies. And I became a pre-medical student and did all the, the requirements. But I was kind of, even then, sort of a, a rogue pre-medical student in the sense that um, I majored in, a, in literature and humanities, not in a science, because I knew I was going to get a lot of science anyway in school. And so after my experience at Columbia, I went to uh, Michigan, University of Michigan, for my medical school training. And it was there that I started having some issues mm-hmm. and questions about my medical education in the sense that um, I thought at some point we were going to get educated on nutrition, because as, even as a young child, I sensed that what we ate made a big impact on our health, good or bad. And, you know, I'm Mexican, so with a lot of the traditional foods that we ate, a lot of my uncles were obese, some became diabetic, cancer, all these, you know, terrible diseases. And so um, it, it got me to thinking. And so when I was in medical school, uh, we got two years of pharmacology, which is standard for all the curriculum across the country. And yet, if I recall correctly, I may have had one hour of nutrition. I mentioned in the book that I had probably zero because I don't recall. Or maybe I missed that one-hour class. I don't know. And so, but it's definitely not emphasized. So you essentially get no nutritional training and you get two years of pharmacology. That, to me, is the slogan Doctors in training, you're going to know how to prescribe medication. So after my medical training, and, and I actually thought of dropping out of medical school at one point because I didn't agree with it. I didn't agree with this whole concept of we're going to be treating disease, not necessarily healing. Now, that being said, I understand sometimes you need a surgery. Sometimes you need an antibiotic or medication to get you through a certain crisis. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about why is it, though, that for any little complaint that a patient goes to see their doctor, like when I was doing family practice, my residency program, that I, would, I was trained in my mind, it was reflex. Here, you have this complaint, I'm going to give you this prescription. You have that complaint, I'm going to give you another prescription. You come back and see me another month later or three months later, and you don't like that medication, I'm going to switch your medication. Never in those interventions with those patients did I ever think, you know, Let's talk about your lifestyle. Maybe it's your lifestyle that's making you sick because that's not how we're trained. So as medical doctors, we're trained to become prescriptionists or, as I like to say, we became drug pushers. Wow. And I, grew, and I grew up in a poor community where there was a lot of drug pushers. And so in my book, I mentioned I just became a drug pusher in a white coat that's licensed to give these drugs. And, and that's why after 10 years of family practice – 
I told my wife, I'm going to quit medicine because I was having a crisis with my conscience. And I said, I can't do this. I just feel like I'm harming people. And, and lastly, what I want to say, Constance, at, you know, with this phase in my life, was I went to a, a conference on alternative medicine in the year like 2001, uh, towards the end of my career of traditional medicine, at least. And at this conference, I was in an audience with my fellow defectors of traditional medicine who really wanted to do something different with their patients, like get them off medication. And there was this one neurologist who was giving a talk about the top 10 killers of uh, the United States. And so behind the top three of uh, heart, heart attacks, strokes, and cancer, number four was drum roll what? prescription drugs. Wow. And that was my epiphany. And I thought, okay, it's what I sensed for a while now that I was doing more harm than good. I got to get out of this. And so that's when I decided I need to follow my intuition, which was I think it's about nutrition. And since we're not taught this in medical school, I need to go in that direction. And that's what brought me to nutritional medicine, regenerative medicine. And people have asked me, well, what's regenerative medicine? Well, yeah, to that me, was I one of my questions. What is that? Yeah. And, and so my, my, my simple answer is it's not accepting disease. It's not accepting deterioration. And what I see constants in this, in this society is we've accepted normal, abnormal as the new normal. So and true. You see it on all the TV commercials. All people, you know, all these TV uh, commercials of pharmaceutical drugs. A lot of people are overweight. They're smiling on a beach. They're walking their dogs. Just take this magic pill and you're good for the rest of your life. Well, the rest of your life is a long time. So why not the rest of your life have a quality life versus filling it with prescriptions, doctor appointments, frustration, anger, and living a poor quality life? So my, my contention is, is when I talk to someone at my clinic, I tell them, I know you're diabetic. I know you've been struggling with your weight for years. I know you're tired of medication. I, well, now you've met a doctor who understands what you're going through. Let's start reversing this. And they look at me with a little bit of shock because they're not used to a doctor saying, yeah. what do you mean? You know, I thought I had to live with this my whole life. And I said, no, because health is a choice. Now, what choice do you want to make? And that's, yeah, that's how it's powerful. You know, your first chapter talk about health as a mindset. And I'm so much into mind and consciousness. What, what do you mean by that for listeners all over the world? Health being a mindset is really, that's, that's the crux. You know, that, mm -hmm. that's, that's what it's really all about. And I'll give you an, an, an example. Okay. I saw a patient yesterday. 400 pounds, he's a chef, he's young, he's in his late 30s. Mm. And he, this same guy came to see me when he was like 31, and I helped him lose about 50 pounds in about eight weeks. And But the point was that it was not in his mind to want to continue to be healthy. He came to see me yesterday, because he ended up, for the last seven years, eating very unhealthy. And he put on all this weight. And he said, when I was here seven to eight years ago, I did this because my mom wanted me to see you. I'm here today because I know I cannot continue to live this way. I need to be healthy. His mindset changed. And that's exactly what I mean. When I had my health issues, I was overweight when I was at Kaiser in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. 
I had cholesterol issues. I was chronically fatigued, yet I was eating all the junk foods and fast foods and my donut addiction. And so the point was that I had to find within myself if I really wanted to be better or not. And this is the question I ask every single patient who sits in front of me. I say, I understand you don't want to live with medications anymore. You're tired of your diabetes. You're tired of your obesity. You're tired of chronic ailments and chronic medication. I get all that. And I always ask them this. Then you tell me if you want this more than I want this for you. Because that's when you are going to actually make this transformation. You have to have in your mind for whatever reason you have, whatever inspiration you have, that you want to be well. My inspiration was my daughter who's going to be born. I said, I need to be around a long time for this little girl. And so that's when I decided I'm just going to start eating whole foods that I enjoy, get rid of all the fast foods, or maybe have it once in a while. And that's when I started going through my transformation. And I realized, oh, my God, it's the food that helped me lose the weight without exercising. And I'll get into that later. And it really was about the nutrition that made me well because I was in the direction of my uncles. I was going to end up obese, diabetic, with all these terrible diseases. So when I say health is a mindset, it's for every person to make that determination for themselves. Why do I want to be healthy? Not intellectualize it, but feel it emotionally. When you make that emotional connection, it becomes real. Because if it stays in the brain, you analyze and overanalyze and ruminate, and I can't, I could, no, maybe not, maybe tomorrow, and we basically BS ourselves. That ain't we're nothing but the truth. Yeah, we're nothing but con artists until we want to see the truth in ourselves, look in that truth mirror and say, I better do this because of, and you fill in that blank. And that's why I say health is a mindset because I've had relatives, oh, I'm going to have a headache in two days. I better take some aspirin today. Oh, you know, I know I'm going to become diabetic because it runs in my family, so I I could eat anything anyway because I'm going to end up in that way anyway. So those people will end up sick. And the point is, is when you have it set in your mind that, no, I'm going to go this path, that's how I've had my patients discover for themselves why they want to be healthy, and then we help them along the way, and they get to that point, and they realize, why did I choose to be this other way for so many years? I say, well, we're all on different paths and on different paces, and it's a matter of when, when it is that you feel fed up, that you're ready to really embark on a path and a life of quality and health and happiness and smiles. You know, that's that's, that's, that's so true. You know, I got listeners all over the world. Everybody knows that I just came back from the law of attraction cruise doctor where I spoke. But I made up my mind because my lifestyle is one of health. I said, I'm not gaining a lot. I'm not gaining no weight on the cruise. It was a mindset. It didn't mean that I didn't have fun. Maybe I did eat a piece of bread. Nothing was wrong with that. But my lifestyle, my mind is like made up like this morning. I was sleepy, but I'm like, girlfriend, you better get up here and get on this track and start walking and running. Because it's in me, like you said. And one thing we teach in the law of attraction is that it's, it's in your mind. It's intentional. And your why has to be so big that it motivates and inspires you to do it. Absolutely. That's yeah. exactly Wow. So, so well, you, you have some chapters on feeding the body. So let's talk about food. And I love chapter five. You said why Jesus had a six pack. We all want to <laughs> know 
what okay how can we get one and what was jesus doing (laughs) (laughs) you know i I, as you can see i have a wild sense of humor you do i love it (laughs) and you know it's just how i operate i think laughter is one of the best uh, medicines and and you know, there's this thing that the the Dalai Lama says that there's such a thing as smile therapy, and I'll get to you. I Jesus. didn't know that. And people who don't tend to laugh or smile can be sicker more often, because when you smile, you only use something like seven muscles of the face, but when you frown, you're using like thirty some muscles. And what happens is that when we have positive thoughts and when you're smiling and you're being positive, you're actually boosting your immune system for a few days. When you're angry and you're frowning, you can actually suppress your immune system for 24 hours. Mm. So it's very impactful what's in our head. And so when, when I wrote this chapter about Jesus had a six-pack, and you know, I use humor throughout the book because it's, I'm hoping that people will laugh throughout the book because that in itself is very healing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and my whole point in terms of the food and Jesus having six pack, it's because, you know, a couple thousand years ago, we didn't have all this processed food. That's why Jesus had a six pack, despite all the stresses that he was experiencing. And the point is, is that if we're filling our bodies with sugars and all these processed foods, fast foods, and when I say processed foods, I'm talking about you walk into a supermarket, it's everything in the middle aisles that's in a box, in a bag, and it has you know, a list of like 30 to 40 ingredients. That's not natural. Mm -hmm. What was being eaten hundreds and thousands of years ago was completely natural. It didn't have to be called organic because it was. And now it's unfortunate that I have to talk to patients about, and you know, you got to start eating organic because it's less chemical ridden. You want to get away from hormones and antibiotics that are put into animals because then you consume it, it's bad for the animal, it's bad for the human. And, you know, it, it really is something like I read where who thought it was a great idea to put poison in food? And it's so true. Um, our bodies are going to respond to what we put in our mouth day to day. And every day we're making a choice. Are we going to put poison in our food or are we going to put something that's going to be healing in our body? And that's why in the whole chapter... I'm discussing foods that heal us, whether it's fruits that you enjoy, vegetables that you enjoy. And I don't know if you caught that one little phrase where I say, eat the vegetables that you hate the least. No one likes vegetables, but <laughs> eat the one that you will enjoy. I actually love vegetables. I but I don't try to, and I'm, I'm sorry, and I don't try to impose any kind of diet on anybody because I don't endorse any particular way of eating. Someone could choose to be vegan, vegetarian, paleolithic ketogenic, whatever. And my point is this, as there is only one common denominator cross-culturally around the world, as long as we are eating from the selection of fresh whole foods, that be your fresh vegetables, your fruits, your proteins of choice, whether it's fish, uh, lamb, uh, organic chicken, and your fats, fats, fats. I'm a huge advocate of good fats like avocados, uh, organic eggs, Nuts like almonds or walnuts and seeds like chia. Uh, Coconut oil, which I eat every single day. Uh, Using olive oil. And staying away from the bad fats like margarine and fake uh, butters. And uh, don't put blue bonnet on it. That's the worst thing you can (laughs) do. And, you know, and the vegetable oils like corn oil. Because these things 
have caused statistically more disease in the last 60 years in terms of heart disease, cancers, and we, we've entered this um, society, this world now, where normal is being overweight and maybe having a metabolic disease like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, or worse, diabetes, and it has become the new norm, and we've accepted this, and that's what's really unfortunate. So the reason, going back to Jesus and his six-pack, is because it was, it's what wasn't going into his body, or for that matter, the people who lived hundreds of years ago, it was food that was healing, and it wasn't about calorie counting. It wasn't about having diet sodas, and it wasn't about diet foods. It was about whole foods, and this is why I tell people, eat whole foods, whether you just want to eat the vegetables and fruits, whether you just want to um, focus more on your fats and your proteins, but be balanced. And I tell people, be a balanceitarian. And that's how I think I've approached it. And I jokingly tell people I'm vegan by day, carnivore by night. Because I am. <laughs> well, well, you know, and, and so this is good news for any a listener anywhere where you're not really defining, you know, what their diet, you know, you got to be on, you know, you got to be on a keto diet. What you're saying is whole, fresh, live food. Is that what we're saying? And can that kind of food heal our bodies and really get rid of disease, people with high blood pressure, uh, diabetes, and all of that. Expound on that for us. Yeah, there's no question, because this mm -hmm. is what I do day to day at the office, and that is um, we, we start at the kitchen. To me, health begins in the kitchen, not in the doctor's office. In fact, the doctor's office, it's already too late, but it's not too late in the sense that people can start going back to the kitchen, seeing what's in the refrigerator, what's in the pantry, and that's where the health is going to begin. And what I mean by that is look in your kitchens now, if you're in your kitchen, and look and see what you have. And if you have all these processed foods I'm talking about, the cookies, the crackers, the microwavable burrito, whatever, all these things that have multiple ingredients, and a lot of these are chemicals and literally poisons that our body just doesn't want, and when you start replacing this, and it could be a slow process, you know, you're on your own pace. And my point is, is and start replacing all of these packaged foods with foods that you would find at a farmer's market. And I, and I say this a lot to my patients and in the book, more trips to the farmer's market will mean less trips to the doctor's office. Mm. Because there you're going to find food that's alive. You can yeah. see a lot of colors and diversity. And this way, what happens is that Fruits and vegetables, they have what's called antioxidants. So they get rid of toxins, the things that build up in our bodies from these processed foods and processed beverages and monster drinks and energy drinks, which are chemical-laden, and preservatives and pesticides that are in a lot of these fast foods and, and packaged foods. And the point is, is that when you start eating more fresh organic foods, you start helping your liver because the liver is the main filter of our body. Mm. And it cleans our body day to day. However, it gets to the point where your liver gets so congested with all the junk that it's exposed to, excuse me, that mm -hmm. we start to experience weight gain or fatigue or people start developing metabolic disease. And so this is why with my patients, I put them through this, what's called a 21-day um, a food detox, which we talk about 
at some point. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. What's the, I saw you talked about detox, and many times when people hear their word, they're like, "Oh my God, that means I'm going to have a headache and I'm going to feel terrible." Tell us about that 21 day detox. Why do you do that, and what does it do for a person? Yeah, what does it do well, for a person? Um, and so my wife and I created this uh, years ago because mm-hmm. my wife she's a nurse practitioner, but she's also went to culinary school. And so she wants people to have a positive experience. There's a lot of detoxes that we try that just don't taste good. And people are like, I'm not going to do this. No way for 21 days. And what detox really is about is so there's a lot of dehydrated uh, vegetables with their natural vitamins, minerals, antioxidant, all the phytonutrients and plant power in these foods naturally. And people are being immersed and educated in eating whole foods. It's like a 21-day food eating program where people realize they could eat as much as they want. There's no food restriction in this, but it's all from the spectrum of whole foods. So they could have, for example, the lentil beans, avocados, salads, uh, vegetable soups, um, plus the green powder that comes in this detox that they're going to make a breakfast drink out of, and they could add fruit to that. And what's going to happen is you're eating, and like I said, there's no restriction, and day to day, people can feel a little bit of headache. They could feel a little tired as the, de- as the toxins are coming out of their body through the liver, the intestines, their urine. And, but once that phase, and that normally takes about two to three days, if it happens at all, just depends on how toxic someone is in terms of their lifestyle, they start feeling the benefit. And what happens more magically is what happens in the brain. They start realizing what deliciousness they can actually eat day to day and discover food because there's a whole booklet that's part of our detox that my wife wrote with her recipes. But it encourages people to really find themselves and what they enjoy. They start eating animal protein after 10 days. So on day 11, they can introduce things like, again, organic chicken, fresh fish, lamb, on top of the lentil beans, garbanzos, fruits, vegetables, day to day, as much as they want. And what most people realize is they get full and they stay full longer because now they're eating high-dense foods. And I give the analogy, if you have this really fancy sports car, you're not going to put low-octane fuel in that car because it's going to run terribly. When you start to transform mentally and physically, and I think spiritually, honestly, what happens is that you start putting these great foods in your body, good fats that you realize you can eat, and people start to feel better, they start to look better, and they become healthier. And it takes about 21 days for you to break habits and create new habits. And so what ends up happening is that this is how I'm helping people lower their sugars, lower their blood pressure, because it's the power of food. It's the medicine of food versus taking prescriptions. And so people realize that eating this way day to day and have the occasional pizza, have the occasional donut. You know, I like my red wine. I drink my coffee. I'm not a robot. And so Mm -hmm. my point is, is it's finding that balance. And this detox program has helped so many of my patients find the balance on their own because it becomes the constant way of eating. It becomes the you know, James' way of eating, everyone determines within the spectrum of whole foods and through detoxification, which just helps them get healthier faster. 
And that's why I tell my patients, do detox minimum twice a year, once every six months, because you clean your filter, your liver, and it's like changing the filter of your car or your aquarium. It just runs better and it's healthier. And that's what happens with our bodies. We accumulate so much gunk from all these processed foods and beverages and excesses and sugars and fructose that we're seeing kids with obesity and diabetes type 2, which is a shame. And this is just a terrible impact on our kids. And that's why I say in the book that we have become the generation of degeneration. And just like with my daughter, I want to create a generation of regeneration going forward through introducing kids to whole foods, take them to a farmer's market, take them to a local farm, wherever you live in this country or in this world, grow your own foods in your backyard. We have a little herb garden and it's amazing the difference and the flavor you get from exposing yourself to such. And that's what the detox is about. Introduction into what could be the rest of your life. You know, that's nothing but the truth. You know, um, I shared I went on the cruise a couple of weeks ago. I didn't even want certain things because I'm just, you know, and I said, well, let me try this cookie. And it, it wasn't good because I'm just used to eating healthy, whole live food, you know. And so speaking of cookie, talk to our listeners about sugar and the impact that sugar has uh, on our bodies. Well, and to make the distinction, because so many people are under the misconception that, um, you know, fruit is a yeah. no-no because it has sugar. Well, sugar in fruit varies vastly from table sugar. Now, that being said, sugar, white sugar, essentially, um, which is put into so many foods, you know, it's not just what you put in your coffee or what you put in a, in a, in a dessert recipe, but it's, it's very sneaky how the food industry has put sugars in a lot of these foods that are purchased so that sugar is a very addictive chemical and food industries know this and therefore sugars will be put into foods whether it's you know frozen fries or whatever and it becomes more addictive and so people crave these things more so and as you saw, Constance, I mentioned that we are all carboholics until yeah, proven otherwise. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And carboholic is basically a term saying that we're all basically sugar addicts because we've been exposed to it from such a young age and continue day to day. And so with sugar being so impactful on our brain, we're drawn to it. But I, I, I point out to a lot of my patients that... Um, I, I ask them, do you notice that you tend to be always hungry? And they say, yeah, why is that? You know, it's like, you know, I'll have whatever, uh, a pastry for breakfast, and then I'll have a sandwich at lunchtime, and then craving more, and then they're tired, and they crash in the afternoon at work, so they need a coffee or another monster drink. And I said, everything that you've eaten that you described has sugar in it, whether it was the pastry, whether it was that bread in the sandwich, or the um, that beverage that you just drank to keep up in the afternoon, and I say because sugar is the the least nutritious nutrient that we put in our body, and the body doesn't uh, sense it as energy. And therefore, because it's the cheapest form of fuel, you're going to constantly be hungry because your body is asking you to keep eating because it's not satisfied. It has no energy. So you, you go in this kind of vicious cycle of constantly eating sugar, and the sugars are going to make us 
obese, they're going to make us fat. They're going to increase the amount of fat in our body, and therefore we have more resistance. So now you're more prone to things like diabetes, high blood pressure, and cancers. Cancers love feeding off of sugars, as do bacteria. So bacteria can flourish in our body and have all these digestive issues. And so what I tell people is, because my wife is one, she has a sweet tooth, but she's working on a book on how to raise a healthy child and a family. And she makes food that's absolutely delicious, but it's, it's absolutely healthy. So she'll use things like coconut oil, mm-hmm. uh, raw honey, uh, dehydrated coconut. And you realize these are delicious. They're not healthy tasting. They're delicious tasting. They just happen to be healthy for you. And this way, people can start satisfying their sweet tooth. I tell them, look, get some almond butter. And oh, I love get, almond butter. Yeah, get a scoopful of almond butter. It's satisfying. Uh, it's extremely satisfying. Getting the protein as well. Or, you know, uh, raw honey. Stevia, I don't, I don't care for sweets in general, but uh, stevia is plant-based, and people mm-hmm. could use that. But stay away from things like fructose or agave nectar because those things actually damage the liver like, a, like, like drinking, like abusing alcohol. It's that bad. That's why a lot of kids have something called non-alcoholic uh, liver disease in the sense that they have inflammation of their liver because of all the soda and consumption of fructose and snack foods that they're getting inflammation of their liver and diabetes and obese. And it really is about what's in your kitchen once again. What this is this is good news. This is for listeners. This is encouraging. Uh, so I can hear somebody say, "Well, I can't afford organic food. It's too expensive." What would you say to them around that? Okay, and I love that question because I get it all the time. <laughs> I'm, uh, as, you know, as a comparison, I'm about six. I'm six two, and I weigh about two hundred and five pounds. My point is this: when I started. My journey, I realized that I was eating less food day to day when I transitioned from a carboholic to what I call more of a fataholic, not ketogenic. All I'm saying is when you introduce more good fats into your day to day eating, you're going to eat less. Therefore, you're going to buy less food. I totally understand. It is absurd how much organic food can cost. My point being, though, is that, for example, if you have a couple of eggs in the morning for breakfast or, say, avocado, that fat and protein is going to keep you full easily for three hours, yeah. if not longer, because it happens to me and I'm, you know, I'm a bigger guy. And my point being is, is that you're going to notice that you're going to buy less. A box of cereal is not cheap, and a lot of parents think it's the best food for their kid. No. Put the Captain Crunch down and give them a boiled egg. <laughs> because that, that Captain Crunch and that breakfast cereal with fortified vitamins is all synthetic. And it has this chemical called BHA, which can damage the liver and the kidneys. And kids more and more don't pay attention at school because they're too hyper from all the sugars in these breakfast cereals. And a lot of parents say, I didn't realize I could give my kid fat uh, eggs. I thought it was bad for you. No, that's the misconception. So things like that. Whether you're snacking on nuts, like almonds or walnuts, and having eggs and having avocado, here's a trick. Put a little bit of coconut oil or organic butter in your coffee for you coffee drinkers, and it gives you amazing energy. 
And that's what these fats are. It's like a slow burning candle and they keep you full and satisfied. And this way, when you start to put these types of high dense foods in your body, your proteins of choice, when it comes to fish, I tell people, just make sure it says wild caught, not farm raised. Cause again, farm raised it's they're raised in these chemical environments and it could be toxic to our bodies because it's toxic to the fish. And also lake fish for those fish eaters versus ocean fish. Keep ocean fish to a minimum like tuna because they're exposed to mercury. And that's bad, bad, bad for the body. So to answer the question directly, you're going to be eating less, therefore purchasing less, and you can actually start saving money. And that's what's happened with these people that have gone through this transformation. Buying fast food isn't cheap either. Oh. And you see how they could add up 20, 25 bucks for just like a lunch. You know, box so true. Of, yeah, a box of cereal, five, six, seven dollars. I mean, I've seen these things. And my point is, is that you could buy a dozen eggs for a couple of dollars and they'll say no antibiotics, range free. And this way, or people have, you know, little communal farm neighborhoods where they could share in terms of growing foods. And I've eaten foods from gardens, herb garden, citrus, vegetables that you could have in your own backyard. And that's as organic as it gets. When I was a kid growing up in my neighborhood, the best fruit I ever had were the plums I would steal from my neighbor's tree. <laughs> I, I know you've there. done that, Constance. You know I, you've done that. Well, you know, I, I grew up in the country in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and we had fruit plum trees, apple trees, cherry trees. So everybody came to our land and stole our fruit, doctor. Yeah. So, so I can relate to that. We got about five minutes left. Oh, my God. So tell us a success story of somebody who you've worked with, a patient who really began to realize that their food is their medicine. They changed their mindset and their way of being, and now they're healthy Etc. Et yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. So okay. I had this guy, he was like in his 50s, and uh, we had a phone conversation, and he's basically saying, you know, I'm healthy for my age because I'm only about 30 pounds overweight. I'm only taking like six medications for diabetes, high blood pressure, cholesterol. So overall, I'm doing really well. And I started laughing, and I said, actually, the, you're doing the opposite of well. And he was just kind of surprised at my response. And so I told him, no, really, let's get you to reverse all this through food, and therefore you're not no longer going to be living with all these diseases and medications. So we put him through that 21-day detoxification, and as he's going through this process, he's like, oh, my God, I just didn't realize how good food can be and yet healing at the same time. And he was making his choices of foods throughout the process. And in that 21 days, he had dropped about uh, 15 pounds. Wow. So already half of the weight that he was over. And uh, after that, we put him through what's called our metabolic program for about another three weeks, where he dropped another 15 pounds. But the focus is always on the foods, the proteins and the vegetables and the fruits. And the point is, is that when he finished this essentially two-month process, he no longer had any of these issues that I call modern-day diseases, metabolic diseases. And so from that point forward, he realized there's no reason for me to go back because I feel so good. And that to me is the most impactful. When you feel good and see a difference, that's when you make that emotional connection to doing this 
and over and over and over again so that you continue to feel good and look good because people want to look good, they want to feel good, and they want to be healthier. And so that's one example of many of someone who thought he was doing okay. He thought abnormal was okay until I told him, no, this is abnormal. So now let's help you become truly healthy and have a quality of life without these potential side effects of your disease or your medication. Wow, I love it. And just quickly, what about exercise? What role does exercise and food really play in a person really living a powerful life? I just love the new mantra, your health is your new wealth. Yeah, I I love that. So what about exercise? What what can you say to people? So the bottom line with exercise is, and I say this seriously but facetiously, (laughs) exercise can be overrated. And what I mean by that is this. It's because nutrition is so underrated. Mm. I did not lose my weight and become healthier by exercising. I did it because I just got rid of all the junk food and started replacing it with whole foods. My point is, is I'm not anti-exercise. I like doing walking in canyons, going on my hikes, because I think connecting with nature during your activity or exercise is critical to get out of your head, and it's, it's very meditative. So my point is this. Exercise is fantastic, but what's even more fantastic is what you're putting in your body. Don't go to the gym or your Zumba dancing thinking, I'm going to burn off this pizza or burn <laughs> off this bowl of pasta incorporate whole foods day to day because it's going to increase your exercise potential and capacity. So it's really about the food first, then your choice of exercise or activity and love what you do. Don't dread exercise. Do an activity with its dancing, tai chi, badminton, whatever, simple walks, because this is a way that you'll do it on an ongoing basis versus putting off, putting off, and putting it off, which a lot of people do when they buy gym memberships. So that's that's my whole thing. Yeah, and <laughs> this is my last question, for real, for real, as the kids say, <laughs> a doctor. So so what about exercise, a spirituality in food or spirituality in health? What, what comes, roles does that play? Yeah, and um, in the last couple chapters of the book, um, to me, it comes down to one word. My, you know, it should be everyone's favorite F word, and that is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And the, the point is, is that I think too many of us harbor hatred, resentment towards people, towards family, towards parents, siblings, whatever the case may be. And that forgiveness is a big part of us releasing and letting go so that we can move on with our lives and with that person. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be hanging out with that person it means that you're letting it go so it doesn't cause disease in your body, in your mind. And so to me, spirituality in that one word is something that we could practice in our own heads every single night and forgive those that you feel have wronged you. And this way, it makes you lighter in so many different ways. And this is something I've been doing for the last couple of years, if not more, And I've noticed that situations improve because I'm not holding on to that anger and that frustration towards that particular person. And um, and then this way, this sort of release that you're giving your heart is a strong and powerful, impactful way of relieving your mind of anxieties and angers and frustrations to make you feel healthier. Because like I say jokingly, you know, you could be a jerk and eat kale all day long, but you're still <laughs> hurt. 
It's going to be a balance. You know, that is so fun. Well, you know, I I, I just want to encourage all of listeners all over the world. This book is so powerful. I'm going to encourage everyone to get uh, his book. Doctor, tell people your website. How can we get your book? What's your contact information, etc.? It's an easy read, but it's packed full of powerful information. He has humor in there. But when I read it, I'm like, OMG, it made me want to step up my game even more, doctor. So I'm just telling you that now. Oh, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. That's That was my goal. And I appreciate this so much. And so, yeah, so people can find the book on Amazon and um, the website of um, my clinic is www.theibody.com. If people are interested in um, the detox that I was describing, we have a whole site just for the detox and it's ibodydetox.com, I-B-O-D-Y, detox, D-E-T-O-X.com. And on the internet, uh, I'm sorry, on the webpage, it has my phone number, and people could leave me questions. I'll be happy to answer them, uh, elaborate on more things. And But the book is really a guidebook. It is. They can get started in their own kitchen table today. Wow. And, and, and I know I said it was the last question. In, in, in two minutes, what do you think of the keto diet? It seems to be the number one rage. What's your thinking around that? Yeah. Well, you know, I think I'm what you call a quasi-keto. So or am I. <laughs> and, but look, here's what I say, bottom line. I don't want your listeners to have to go Google this and, and start following something that can be very difficult because it's very low in carbohydrates. A, a patient of mine said, you know, who's gone through the detox, he lost all this weight, he goes, you know, I've been reading about this ketogenic and thinking of doing ketogenic. I said, look, it may suit your lifestyle because you're focused on a lot of the good fats that I eat anyway, whether, you know, it's mm-hmm. avocados or eggs, your your proteins, which are fat, whether it's, you know, chicken, lamb, fish, whatever the case might be. Um, and the point being is, is that some people, though, it's so extreme for them Maybe. that they start after about two weeks craving the bad carbohydrates like the pastries and the pizzas. And so they, they go off the deep end. So I tell people, if you're going to do ketogenic, do it with a doctor who can help you through, a nutritional doctor who can help you through this process to find that, that balance in you. But otherwise, these diets can't, even though they're good for you, they can be so extreme that people feel what's called carb-depleted and then they're going to start dreaming of donuts all night long. <laughs> and they're going to go on a donut rage. <laughs> that's nothing but the truth. And that's a great way to end the show. Guys, you've got to get this book. Wow. it it. Uh, uh, as all of you know, I, I read everything on health, but I really love your book. And uh, it's so right on. And I just feel that it's uh, it's metaphysical and it's spiritual. And uh, if you want to change your body, if that's one of your intentions for this week and change your life, check out his website. And as I say every week, you may not know it or feel it, but you are surrounded by the love of God. And of course, you know that I love you and I believe in you. And I just want you to say to yourself this week, something good is going to happen to me and through me this week. Make it a great week. Thank you for listening to Think, Believe and Manifest. Constance Arnold will be back next week with another great show just for you. 
For more information, please visit fulfillingyourpurpose.com.